All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me everywhere at nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Mr. Neil Smith, at nonsense underscore Neil. Neil, it is week 11 of the fantasy football season. That means if it's week 12 playoffs, this is it. This is the penultimate week for you. How you doing? Bring it on! (laughs) Get it on. Stack, jack, locked, loaded. Already made all my trades in, uh, in of course, the only league that matters, the Golden League. Uh, completely turned my roster again, like I do. Best basketball GM. Uh, Best basketball play. GM in fantasy football. Shout out to superfan Brian. Take that right in the face. Have fun. Hashtag blockbuster. Hashtag blockbuster. Just for you, bud. Uh, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty good riding high. Of course, I'm probably going to get the wind sucked out of my sails here this weekend, but we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, you know, Steve, you know, most people don't play double elimination playoffs still. I know, I know, I know they're wrong, but, uh, so (laughs) for most normal people, the trade deadline is still oncoming. I know we still face it in like how many other leagues we play in. Yeah, it depends on your format. Like, there are a lot of teams out there that'll do the two-week playoff format. Uh, so, week 11 finishes their regular season, and then they'll do three rounds, uh, two weeks apiece, to close out the season. Those are the other people that do the uh, the 11-week regulars. Or you're in the gigantic league, like the PFF League, uh, which has the the five rounds of playoffs. That carry across uh, week yeah, 12 to 16. Super leagues, if you super will. Super leagues, yes. Uh-huh. And, um, but yes, you are correct. The official fantasy football standard trade deadline is next Wednesday, the 20th, at noon. So uh, today and Friday are kind of our last opportunity to uh, to talk to you about trades. So that is something we'll be looking at in the second half of the show here. But first, we need to get through some news. Things happened, and we need to talk about them, Neil. So we'll kick it off with teams on the bye. Uh, Giants, Seahawks, Titans, and yes, thank you, Jeebus, the Packers. It was such a relief (laughs) to log in yesterday and not have to see Aaron Jones in top 10 RB territory. I just want to know what you're going to talk about on Twitter all week. Oh, my God, right? I I just don't know what you're going to talk about on Twitter. I get enough of your tweets to know that... That, uh, that that's pretty much all you talk about on Twitter is that and Tyreek Hill. Well, it's funny because like I go after a lot of you know people on Twitter. You know my no. uh, you know my take on Tyreek no. Hill. You're you're under you know my my take on you know Mahomes, Lamar yeah, your, Jackson, your college thesis. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, with Yeah, exactly. Like uh, DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about Michael Thomas. Uh, the Christian McCaffrey thing. Look, I've I've preached about a lot of people online, and I get some negative feedback, sure. I get positive feedback as well. But the amount of hate that I get from Packers Twitter just tickles me <laughs> in such a way that well, if I mean, my wife you tickled know. me in that way, ugh, <laughs> my goodness. You'd be like, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Like... I'm tweeting about how Aaron Jones is in the top 10 running back. Let's please stop with that. And all the hate of, he looks so great. He's doing good. And the profile is always, you know, Christian, father, farmer, something along those lines. I just want you to know that that's weirdly accurate for Wisconsin. The strangely southern accent, that's actually more accurate than it should seem on the face if you've never actually been to Wisconsin. But Steve, you're also a known Bears fan, so I'm sure they uh, they love hearing from you about how Aaron Jones doesn't look that great, or I shouldn't say that doesn't have the usage to merit the uh, projections and rating is more accurate. And and it. again, th- this is just the Packers Twitter defending their players for no reason because that's what they do. I have I ever once come on this show or any platform and said Aaron Rodgers is bad at football. No. Well, no, no. Have I ever said Aaron Jones is not a talented running back? No. Maybe, but you'd have to go back in time because that's never been the argument. The argument is he never can get Yeah, I've job. always said he's got the physical talent 
And I keep saying, imagine if he was on a team that utilized running back. Just imagine. <laughs> Just think about if he was on a team like the Giants, like ran the ball like crazy, or if he played for Baltimore. And ran the ball instead of Mark Ingram. Just sure. just imagine yeah. that scenario. Sure. Because then he would be a locked-in, solidified, top-five fantasy running back every single week. But no. Instead, here's a guy who's out there with 14 touchdowns. And because he happens to have fallen into the end zone 14 times and is essentially LeGarrette Blunt from a couple years ago, he now is a top 10 by points running back. And it's just, he's not. He You can't, if you took away the touchdown production, he'd be averaging eight points a game. Yeah, he'd be right in the middle. He'd be he'd effectively be Jamal Williams. Let's be honest. Right. Like, he'd effectively have no, the same. Well, not out. even that, because Jamal Williams is averaging more points than that. Right, because he's catching passes. That's Because he's actually that, getting production. Yeah, he, Jamal he Williams is pass. doing all the work, and then Aaron Jones falls in the end zone after Jamal Williams got him there. Or... Aaron Jones breaks a 70-yard touchdown. Yeah, how many of those? Because people can't tackle. <laughs> He's got at least like what two of those this year? 70-yard stretch TDs where people can't yes. tackle. Yeah. So, so there you go. I mean, it's again, it's not that he isn't talented. It's that he's in a committee. He doesn't get used. Their schedule's horrible. Like I don't know what it is I have to go through constantly with these people, and it's always, oh well, you don't think he's a top ten fantasy running back? Because you don't understand. He's so good. <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing, though, is that those... Sorry that to offend you, Cletus. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> calling them Cletus is probably what did it. But uh, <laughs> but then again, some focal. Um, so here's, here's what I can tell you, Steve. First of all, as I've told you many times on this show, trying to get people to comprehend math is always, is always tricky, especially when you're talking about usage rates and percentages. And, uh, but what I, the only other thing I'll say is, you know, this is why we talk about regression analysis and touchdowns. Every single offseason, you and I have a conversation. And we'll have it again next year about Aaron Jones and how, statistically speaking, it should not be possible to have that many touchdowns and that many games played and is likely to not recur again. And then we'll have the same conversation on Twitter. <laughs> so look forward to that. Look forward I, to that. I, I didn't want to talk about Aaron Jones here. You just, you you poked the bear. And now I just here happened we are. to touch it. I just, I, you know, I didn't realize yeah, it would trigger. You hit a nerve. Okay. By the way, I we don't have it. <laughs> I, I even intentionally left it out of the second half segment. But I'll, but I'll bring it up now just because it's here. All right. So far this year, the Packers have had the number one easiest running back schedule in the league. And again, yeah. All the analysis and math and numbers I run are based off of the teams that they have faced throughout the season, the production they've had the last four weeks, so what they've been doing recently. They played Carolina in there, so it checks out. Yeah, And the fact that, that it's compared to not just overall points scored, but their average. So Aaron Jones, who's averaging a ton of points for no reason— is still going above and beyond his average in most of his games. They had the number one easiest schedule. They have the number 22 rest-of-season schedule, the number 23 playoff schedule. Bit of a drop. <laughs> if I can get out on the Aaron Jones Hail Mary touchdown palooza, I absolutely would do it. Sure. Well, we'll talk about some names that I think would make sense in there to upgrade out of that, because I agree with that, just because I would prefer somebody who's not in a committee. Right. But then again, the, the, and that's the thing is, it, if you're somebody who understands usage rates and ratios and how this is actually working, and yeah, he's a perfect sell high candidate because somebody is going to be of the mind right. that Steve is referring to. With, well, he's a top ten running back, so I guarantee you, if that's the level of analysis that they're going to come at with it, that you yeah, can get again, something it's the, super with nice. Devonte Adams with Jamal Williams both there and both healthy. He, he's getting no production value in terms of yardage, in terms of targets, in terms of catches. Those are all going to other players. Yeah, and the he's only just a thing that is holding him up is the touchdowns. The red zone touchdowns. But he's been a monster in the red zone, and that's what people keep right. seeing. But if people are just looking, that's where he's shined is when they get into the red zone, to your point. His red zone efficiency and usage rate are off the chart. So that comes yeah, I mean, this last week is a prime example. Touchdown. I think he had a 20 I, I think he had a 24 because he yeah. had three touchdowns 
because ultimately they got a turnover and landed on the two. Or Jamal Williams broke a 20-yard you know, run to get down to the 1-yard line. Or somebody caught the ball at the goal line and they reversed the touchdown and put it on the half-inch line <laughs> and they handed it to Aaron Jones. That did happen. Like, that all I mean, those things happened. <laughs> you can't possibly think that that is going to sustain throughout the entire season. And right, that's but I'm what saying if you just look at I'm just saying if you just look case. at box scores, that's my argument. If you just look at box scores, Yeah, exactly. then I'll absolutely be able to trade you Aaron Jones. 100%. If you play with Aaron morons, like, you can absolutely yeah. unload Aaron Jones. So it's into some sort of top 10 wide receiver, or even if you go like and kind at the position, we'll get into some names, like I said, later, that I think I'd be like, yeah, sure. You want to do that deal? Yeah, you can have Aaron Jones. Yeah, I'm stupid. Okay. <laughs> yep. 100%. So uh, quarterback tight end, Jacoby Brissett missed this last week. Brian Hoyer was Brian Hoyer out there. Yep. Uh, Jacoby Brissett... Expected to be back this week. So good Thank news you. for Colts. Good uh, news for anyone who has Zach Pascal. Yeah. Good news uh, for uh, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle. Really, really everybody who's, if you're playing Colts, you got to love it because, man, he looked exactly like Brian Hoyer. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Haskins has been named the starter for the rest of the season. What's your take on that for the Redskins? <laughs> oh, it's going to be brutal. Just if whatever expectations you had left for any of this, I'd say temper them. He just doesn't look ready for prime time. It'll get better as we round out the rest of the season, I'm sure. But I'm downgrading Scary Terry. What what's the only thing I really like at this point is Darius Geis because I think they're going to have to lean on him to run the ball, and then Adrian Peterson uh, to a point. In theory, they're getting Chris Thompson back. We'll see if that happens. I think he'll have a role out there catching dump offs. And uh, basically all the receivers and the tight ends, it's kind of where they've been. Slight downgrade even. So not, real, yeah, not really I mean, looking forward this, to any of that. The, the, the comparison for me, this feels a lot like uh, Jared Goff taking over his rookie year. Yep. Boy, was that bad. Yep, there's going to be a lot of picks. That was atrocious. going to be a lot of picks, a lot of fumbles. And a lot of people saying, did they waste the top pick? Yep. Did they make a mistake? Jeff what Fisher went fired, wrong? Finally. And, <laughs> you know, they're going to go through this. He's going to get his bumps and bruises like he needs to. They'll get a new coach in the offseason. I highly yeah. doubt Bill Callahan's the guy. I really doubt it. Yeah. I, well, we'll see. They might have a, a whole new, new system. Everybody. And the whole, yeah. And then the whole new, you know, coaching staff is going to have to work with him and try to figure out what it is that, that's going to make him work out there it's it's going to be a learning experience for sure there's going to be a lot of fumbles basically what i'm saying here steve is i like i now really even more than ever want to start looking at looking at the the r's just schedule and see what defenses that you might be able to acquire as streaming targets but at this point hasn't it already really been that yes but now it's even more attractive is my point You're it was already to a, to a larger extent to a larger extent now it's sort of like seeing the bangles at this point where it's like yep i like that don't really care if your defense is any good. Like, yep, let's let's do that. That type of that type of situation. Chris Herndon has been placed on the IR, so he played all of what, like three quarters for the yeah, season, basically. Yeah, officially. Uh, so rib injury this time, so he's done for the year. Uh, I made a note about it on the strength of schedule report today. Go check that out. Uh, about Ryan Griffin, I feel like is now locked in as a dart throw. Nobody left, and what a great schedule. Yep. Absolutely fantastic schedule. So definitely, if you're desperate, somebody to stash on your bench because depending on matchup, Ryan Griffin's probably a starter at some point down the stretch. Uh, Austin Hooper is going to miss about a month, according to uh, reports today. Yeah, that report did not come so, from the Falcons. They were quick to clarify. So I yes, did note but that. Still, so, but I, it's, not a, it's not a would shocking be about report. Four week, no, it's three, about four right. weeks. It would get you into the fantasy playoffs. So... He's been or he's been tight end one to this point, so you've been relying on Austin Hooper to an extent, and now all of a sudden you're in the streaming pool. Oh yeah, where um, there's nothing, by the way. Welcome to welcome to the desert. <laughs> welcome to hell. Yep, nothing um, here, just pain. So I don't know. I mean, Jacob Hollister, is, he's on the buy. Uh, anybody who's playing tight end for Seattle at this point seems like, except for Luke, except for Luke Wilson, but for that. So I mean, this is week eleven. So that'd be 11, 12, 13, 14. Theoretically, you could have him back 
for the first or second week of the playoffs, is this potentially a buy low on a guy who's been a dominant player? Yeah. If I had a uh, locked and ready, basically playoff team and I had, yep. And I'm, I'm looking throw for a something. TJ Hawkinson. Sure. And I can somehow trade you TJ Hawkinson and some sort of wide receiver that I don't need or something like that. You know what I mean? Cause I have a good team and I can package that into injured Austin Hooper to stash for the playoff run that I'm inevitably going to need to go on. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in that business. I'm in that business all day. I'm with you. I think that makes sense. Doing that all day. And then George Kittle ruled out this week. Bummer. Um, Super bummer. After that report came out, uh, again, similar thing. The Niners PR staff, very quick to clarify. (laughs) He's not officially ruled out. They're just preparing as if he won't play. So he's out. He's out. Like um, they already they already ruled him out on ESPN. I mean, he's been ruled out. They never rule people out that quickly. These are they're already like, nah, that's, that's just fine. He's not playing. Really would be yeah, shocking so, if he played. Shocking. Uh, it, you had to find a replacement last week. Looks like you're rolling with him again. Or hopefully maybe you can find a better replacement if it didn't work out. Meanwhile, running back James Conner practiced in full the last couple days. He looks good to go for Thursday night. The return after two games out. Uh, James Conner, a guy we'll be talking about later. Playing against James Conner in a very pivotal matchup for me. I'm not excited about this, folks. It's on Thursday night against Cleveland's defense when they're going to lead on the run. I don't like it. Have you got uh, Matt Breida is out for one to two weeks with an ankle injury. Uh, so this means that Mostert is going to be the backup to Tevin Coleman for at least one game. And the legend of Jeff Wilson will be active. So, would it, you know, if you're desperate... Dart throws Mostert and Wilson. We've yep, already seen up. it several times. Yep, that's what I'm saying. They're back on the dart throw radar now that one of the, the two main guys has gone down. They're gonna they're gonna just rotate it through with three guys again. Just gonna see how it shakes out. At this point, I have no idea. Uh, I feel like Coleman's still the one you want in the front runner, but <laughs> this point, oh for like, sure. Just, yeah. So yeah, that's clear. But the rest of it is like a. Mostert in the red zone sometimes. Wilson's going to be in the red zone sometimes. Like it's just going to be kind of a of a hodgepodge a little bit here. And then Mike Davis was cut by the Bears, claimed by the Panthers, which is interesting. Good move, Ryan Pace, to get him all that a, money. Uh, by the way, thanks for that. Good work. Well, now they have a legitimate backup in Carolina. That's why. That's why I'm the one who added this to the sheet because I was saying yeah. that they've been wondering, we've been speculating for a long time to be the handcuff slash backup to Christian McCaffrey for the playoffs, and I think that's the guy. I think you don't do that move yep. if if you felt good about because they've been trying to waffle between Scarlet and some other people and nobody has been able to really well frankly I don't think they get enough run to actually uh, like figure out a pecking order but Mike Davis I think would be more or less the guy uh, in that scenario the one you want at least in PPR so interesting right thought. if anything were to happen for sure yeah he becomes the uh, the handcuff I believe so I wish there there was some way to actually test that theory but. Hopefully it never comes to that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tyler Lockett was hospitalized with a shin bruise, a deep, deep shin bruise. Yeah, uh, so wild two days in the hospital, but he has flown back to Seattle now. And they said after the bye, he will be good to go. Something to monitor next week. But again, that's that's a next week problem. So next week, Stephen Neal can worry about that. We're yep, moving now, on, he's on to Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. He left that game early as well, and boy, did the Niners' offense look bad without him. But they don't need a wide receiver, right? Right, exactly. Debo Samuel. Why could they catch possibly everything you need throw. a wide receiver? Yep. Uh, they don't so need. He's going to be a game a time call. <laughs> you kind of mentioned it in there. If Debo, well, like we've already kind of established, Kittle's out. If Emmanuel's a game time call and doesn't play, is Debo Samuel a must start this weekend? <sighs> I don't know about must start, but he, he gets added to the flex pool. He's going to have sure. the volume. How could you not? It, well, it's, it's the thing. He's probably going to end up being your flex. So that if you go by that, yeah, he probably almost makes it into must start territory. It, it's going to be, it'll end up being, uh, being interesting to see how that gets divvied out because they were, tar- they were still targeting uh, the backup tight end who was out there. They were still trying Dwelly. to run the ball Dwelly. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's just a, it's a it's a very interesting uh, it's a very interesting situation that they had going over there and and Debo just I mean yeah must start but at the same time uh, 
they're still going to be rolling out their other cadre of guys like Dante Pettis and whatnot. But Debo, I think, has the inside track. It's just a question of can he actually catch all the passes that are thrown at him because he had once sure. again. They're playing the Cardinals. So, I mean, it's a mid-tier matchup. Um, it's So it's not you know great, but again, when you've got four teams dealing with the bye and especially four teams that have some decent receivers, you're probably yeah, looking the, at receiver buys. So... Um, you know, in a deep league, yeah, he's absolutely in flex territory. Absolutely. Yeah, he immediately gets launched up there, and that's just unfortunately the way that it's going to have to be. Did you like anybody else besides Debo Samuel out there if Emmanuel can't play? Well, the, the guy that they targeted the second most when he was out was Marquise Goodwin, and we saw what happened there. So, <laughs> I mean, you can't trust that for anything. Debo's just the guy that's the most talented. If he's available, he's the guy that I would be the most comfortable putting in my lineup. I agree with um, that because I, I still don't want to trust Dante Pettis or Keith Goodwin or Kendrick Bourne or anything anything like that. Like n- none of that really intrigues me besides uh, besides Debo Samuel if Emmanuel can't play. And if Emmanuel can play, I sort of downgrade my expectations for that makes sense because he's going to be playing with a rib injury. So... I don't know how well that's going to go. Yeah, and then, you know, like Ross Dwelly, who we talked about, it's he didn't have a great game by any stretch of the imagination. He did not. But, uh, I mean, he got the targets. He did. So we actually joked it's about it really when we were watching the game. Matchup. Like, it's that's the George Kittle role. That's <laughs> that's what they're doing is they're yeah. force feeding the ball in there. It just doesn't look like George, George Kittle. Kittle right now. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't look like George Kittle because he's not catching it and breaking tackles yeah. and running right. away from people for 10 yards for, you know, science reasons. So, yeah, it just doesn't look like that at all. It's hitting him in the hands. He's dropping it. The passes are going over his head. Like It's, it's just it's not good. But. Target share. Semantics, Neil. Semantics. Target share. Uh, yes, target share is absolutely what you have to be looking at there. Like I said, he's going to get the opportunity. And another thing to keep in mind there with uh, the game from Monday, where, yes, he did not look good by any stretch. However, against tight ends, Seattle is actually the second hardest matchup in the league this year. Oh, interesting. Whereas Arizona... <laughs> is actually the seventh easiest matchup. Yeah, I said that before. It's a good. It's a good matchup. So right? he's gonna get the volume and opportunity. And if you need to throw a dart somewhere, I feel like there's worse options out there. There's definitely worse options. Oh, I would rather do that than a number of different people. The other one that I would say, if you're looking for tight end dart throws, is go back to the well on Noah Fant. He's only rostered in 11 percent of leagues. Sorry, I was gonna say Kyle Rudolph, but then I choked on my own vomit. Oh, oh yeah, whew. that'll do it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's I'm just glad move you got on. that out though. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Let's just move on. <laughs> Fantasy season is in full swing, but you can get covered with Roto Assurance for your DFS team. All you have to do is draft your team on any DFS platform out there, then head over to rotoassurance.com and fill out the daily fantasy insurance form. All they need is some basic information like your name, email, how much the contest entry fee is and the player that you want to insure. When you're doing that, you can enter promo code NONSENSE, that's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, to get 20% off of your coverage. If your insured player gets injured in the first half and does not return for the second half of the game due to that injury, then you're covered. You get your full entry fee back to that DFS contest. So what do you have to lose? Head on over to rotoassurance.com, use promo code NONSENSE to save 20% on your plan, and remember that injuries can happen at any time, so sign up today. We're going to play a little game here, Neil, that I've, I've cooked oh, up for no. us. As I mentioned, the, uh, the trade deadline me? looming. A little bit. A little <laughs> bit. Uh, so I mentioned the trade deadline looming next week. So we're going to play a game, and it is called Buy Low. Sell high, ride or die. Simple premise. I will give you three guys that are in basically the exact same range uh, for points per game right now. And the idea being that essentially all three are worth currently the exact same value. So you're, you're saying which one I'm willing to get rid of, which one I'd want to acquire if I didn't already have, and which one I'm definitely holding on to. 
So we will kick it off starting with quarterback. And at the quarterback position, your options are Mr. Aaron Rodgers, who we talked about at the open of the show here, uh, Dak Prescott, your uh, your BFF from the preseason, and Matt Ryan, who is preseason top five. So uh, buy, sell, and ride. What do you got? Okay. Well, I'm going to buy Matt Ryan. Controversial, I know. Because if you actually go through it, his schedule, there's a couple of real tasty matchups in there. They're not all winners, but if you analyze all three schedules, uh, none of them have a schedule that would be all winners. But you're dealing with a team that's been struggling to run the ball. We'll see if Brian Hill... Devonta Freeman can figure that out, but hasn't been working that great to this point. They've been feasting on dining out. It's been a little depressed with Matt Ryan uh, with his injury and some other kind of play calling issues are still seem to be working through, but the schedule is uh, pretty favorable and he would be the least expensive to acquire. So he's going to be my buy low. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be my sell high because like we were talking about earlier, for the first time in years and years and years, they have a running game. And they're not playing the Lions every week. <laughs> so that's also probably a little bit controversial. But I'm out on the roller coaster uh, performances of Mr. Aaron Rodgers this season. It's just not predictable enough. Devonta, Free- or Devonta Adams is in. He's out. It's up and down. None of their other receivers besides Zard can catch. And uh, I'm sticking with my boy Dak. I love Dak. I'm going with I'm ba- I'm I'm riding it out. I'm, I'm riding this gravy train all the way to it. I have staked my flag, as I told you in the preseason, Steve. If Ezekiel Elliott is on the Cowboys, the straw that stirs the drink, I will die on this hill. Now, uh, I'm actually going to go exactly the same with you here, and I hate agreeing with you, but that's where we've landed. (laughs) Um, So in terms of points per game, as we talked about right now, Dak, 23.3. That's the fourth best in the league. Uh, Matt Ryan at 20.6. Aaron Rodgers at 19. I would be selling Aaron Rodgers on the name Aaron Rodgers and say, oh, look what he's done lately, and and try to just get something based off of that. Because, again, you talked about the schedule. We talked about this before, how Matt Ryan has been so up and down, and he has a horrendous schedule the last half of the year. The For the four, Week 14 playoffs, Weeks 14, 15, 16, Atlanta has the uh, 28th rated schedule. But <laughs> Not, on the same... On the same side, I mean, the Packers have the 25th rated and Dallas has the 22nd. None yep. of them have decent None of them schedules. Are good. That's what I was saying. None at the of them back end. have all winners. So if all things are created equal, it's who's going to throw it more. And Aaron Rodgers throws the ball occasionally, but mostly in the second half, they're running it with their two running backs, as you already talked about. Matt Ryan is throwing for his life most weeks. <laughs> so I don't, we talk about this. Every year, all the time, division games are wonky. I take very little away from the Falcons finding a way to beat the Saints last week. It meant virtually nothing to me. So, yes, Matt Ryan had an 18 in six-point passing touchdown leagues. He had a 16 16. and a four-point. So, he had a, a lower scale game than he normally has because they had a lead. Do I expect the Falcons to have a lead like that on most weeks? Absolutely I, not. I do not, no. I yeah. would find it very unlikely. It's much more likely they're playing from behind and throwing it a ton, or they're getting into shootouts with teams. So I absolutely am you know, buying in on Matt Ryan low, people being scared away from it. Well, that was also what I was going to say. He got a 16, so I feel like I can acquire him because people are going to be a little frustrated. He's been a little up and down. And I think if I need somebody to help me. ankle injury. Yeah, I think if I need somebody to help me get to the playoffs and I've got somebody else that I could pair him with and I'm looking for, you know, a spot starter guy, Matt Ryan is kind of who I want in that list there yep. of that. And then Dak, like I already said, I think you and I agree. Yep. I'm riding that till the logical end point. That's just in terms that. of expert consensus. Uh, they're saying by low is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you have, uh, because Rodgers is currently 10th. As I mentioned on that list, they have him as QB five rest of season. Good luck to you. Yeah, you have fun. Uh, Dak is the sell high. Uh, he's currently QB four. They've got him at eight. And then Matt Ryan, also their ride or die. 
he's currently seven. They've got him at seven. So there you go. Uh, so let's go into tight end. Tight end. So back end starter territory. We're talking about dart throws. We're talking about taking a chance. So tight end, Darren Fells, Gerald Everett, Greg Olson. All guys <laughs> who could very well be on waivers right now in your league. Yep. Uh, readily available most of the season. This could be guys you've been picking up and dealing with. So very interesting one here. So we got a uh, buy low, sell high, ride or die. So this may be controversial to the, you know, the consensus, but I don't think it will be to you. But Gerald Everett is the one that I'm actually inclined to sell because that is the one that I believe that I could sell. These are all, they're all the same. So I believe yeah. that is the one that given his name and given what he's done recently and now with him being on the injury report, that is the one that I would like to divest from. I've never really believed in that production. It's super wonky. I don't know how he keeps amassing this target. And frankly, it's frustrating that with that target share, he's not better. So what I would like to do is divest from Mr. Everett. Uh, Greg Olson is my ride or die. If I have weathered the terribleness that he put me through with him on my team to this point, and now he's starting to turn it around, I, he was probably my backup tight end anywhere. I've been rotating him with somebody else at this point. I'm, uh, I'm going to hold on to it. And then, uh, and then Darren Fells is actually my buy low because he will not require much in the way of compensation. He is available basically on the waiver wire. And as we've seen, both of the Houston tight ends have value. It's hard to predict kind of week to week, but I think Fells is going to end up with a lot of like 430 type of things, which is kind of what you're looking at. Four for 40 type of deals that you're looking at with a lot of these guys. So that's the way that I would approach it just based on what it would cost to, to acquire and, and deal with them. Plus, I like, uh, I like the Houston schedule and I just like how they move the ball. And uh, and Greg Olson is just going to be hard to predict. But if, like I said, good schedule at this point for him for the rest of the way, not great, but that's kind of how I, what do you think about those names? So again, in terms of schedule, they all basically land in about the same area. Yeah, it's uh, kind of 16 for Olson, 21 for Fells, and 20 for Everett. So and it's all tight like end schedule, so it's so wonky. And... Um, for me, I hate agreeing with you, but we're going to fall into the same pot again, mostly because everyone and their brother is high on Gerald Everett, and I just don't get it. I think I they pay me something it. real for it, and that's why Doesn't I want to— doesn't make sense, yeah. so I'm going to sell that for whatever I can. I've talked about a couple of times now how Greg Olson's my ride or die. Um, he's back. I mean— I don't know what other, how else to put it. Like Kyle Allen checks down to Greg Olson constantly. You saw uh, at the closing moments of that game last week, they were in the red zone at the goal line trying to win against the Packers. He's looking for Greg Olson. He's targeting Greg Olson. He's a red zone monster for them. Like I, th there's no, there's no way I can give up on Greg Olson at this point. And Darren Fells is a guy that you can pick up off of waivers. Yeah, I mean, you could buy low for the seventh wide receiver on your bench. I, I mean, this yep. he, th this is a guy who projected out, I feel like, he's currently tight end 11, and nobody knows it. I mean, <laughs> like, Well, he gets consensus, a lot of red zone usage, and he also has caught a couple passes. They do consensus is right with us with the ride or die on Greg Olson, but they have the other two flipped. They're buying low on Everett because... Uh, he's currently 12, but they have him as eight for the rest of the season, despite the horrible schedule. And it's mostly the target share, which I guess I get. But again, he just he's getting the targets, but dropping them. That's uh, eventually they're going to stop throwing him the targets if he can can't hold onto the ball. Yeah, they're going to go and, somewhere and else. Darren Fells in that Houston offense. I mean, he's currently 11. They've got him rated 23 rest of season. Yeah, I don't they're see how that's possible. way out on Darren Fells. There's so many, so many options that, that you know, I would take Darren Fells over that they're, you know, choosing here, which make no sense to me. So uh, <laughs> I am completely with you in the uh, the buying in on Darren Fells. So let's pivot now to running back. Let's see if we can get different on something here. So let's go running back. Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Leonard Fournette. 
three guys that right now back end of the uh, the top ten RBs. Yeah, this is the this is I think is the hardest one as we reviewed this list. This this was the one that requires the most thought. The way that I want to look at this is it's it's James Connor. If I could get both Connor and Samuels, it's very very interesting uh, to do that because they have the softest schedule, and they're in the one of the most run heavy offenses in the league. And the only thing that I feel like that keeps them from being more highly rated is Connor's injury history. So if I could get both, then I would want to buy low. But if I can't get both, then I don't want one. <laughs> I have no interest in one at all. So for that reason, it uh, it makes it hard to to really want to to kind of hit your wagon to to that star. So for me, just to break it down, Kamara is my ride or die. If I've already weathered the injury storm with Kamara and I haven't traded him to this point, I fail to see why I would do it now when he's already back and healthy. And it's not a great schedule for him the rest of the season. But I don't know that it matters because you're talking about running back schedule. And he's he's still going to get his 10 targets a game plus whatever he's going to get you rushing even in a bad matchup. I'm I'm He had a 15 in PPR last week, I think, and I think better days are ahead. He's just going to get more in and it'll be it'll be fine. And as you pointed out, uh, divisional matchup, they're wonky, which makes Fournette, unfortunately, my sell high because I don't know how, I don't know how realistic that actually is given the state of running back and what he's actually done. Uh, However, he doesn't have a a particularly attractive schedule, although there are a couple gems on it, but overall not amazing, but uh, by my metrics. And what I would say is he's only got it, what's been saving him weirdly is the pass catching. And I know because that's a foreign sentence when discussing Leonard Fournette, but that's that's what it is. It's it's he, he doesn't have the touchdown numbers that he normally does. He's been getting bailed out on the pass catching. And it just depends on how real you believe that is. So for practical purposes, I don't know that you could sell Leonard Fournette and actually justify it. Uh, but that's the way that I would have to answer that question. So uh, for me... Uh, I am going to buy low on uh, James Conner. Um, as you mentioned, Conner with the uh, rest of season has a top 10 uh, running back schedule to this point. He's had the 25th rated schedule. So he's had a difficult schedule and is still currently RB7 in terms of points per game. A- absolutely locked and loaded. He's got the number eight schedule in the playoffs, number nine rest of season. I- I'm I'm locked in on acquiring James Conner uh, if I can do it, even if it's straight up. I am selling Alvin Kamara on the name um, because, again, I'm scared of the injury history. You mentioned Jalen Samuels being out on uh, you know James Conner if you can't have the package. I'm out on Alvin Kamara if I can't have Latavius Murray. It's the same deal here. He's dealing with the injuries. He's beat up. If I can't have both of them, Having one means nothing to me because then I'm completely done. And we talked about it before. Leading up to the playoffs, Alvin Kamara, if you've weathered a storm to this point, number eight schedule can absolutely get you there for sure. However, once they are into the playoffs, the 24th rated schedule. Not great. So weeks 14, 15, and 16, they close out the year with San Francisco, uh, Indianapolis, and then Tennessee, who have all been real stingy against the run. I absolutely would get out of Alvin Kamara if I could, based on the name. And then again, my ride or die is going to be Leonard Fournette, because they said in the preseason they wanted to get him more involved in the passing game. We all scoffed. Here they are. He's got basically no rushing touchdowns. He's got essentially no rushing yards at this point. He's barely had any rushes. I mean, it's he's putting up the same numbers he was putting up last year, basically, at this point, when we were all frustrated calling him a bust, except he's also catching the ball, which they refused to do last year was throw him the football. So Leonard Fournette, I, I buy it. Uh, rest of season, they've got a top five schedule. If you thought things had been good before... I'm absolutely in on Leonard Fournette now. So uh, that's why in I was terms saying of consensus. Before, I was saying uh, it's tough. It's tough to actually like, that's why I'm saying like, I kind of said something I don't really believe. So I'll clarify. I probably wouldn't sell Leonard. Fournette. 
I don't think you. Right, but I don't given think those make, three options, but given the, that's the, the one structure of yeah. the game, that's the way it works out. Because I still have Leonard Fournette rated like insanely highly for the rest of the year for all the reasons you mentioned. The pass catching is insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah, for for consensus, Fournette is their buy low. Connor is actually their sell high. He's currently that's seven, be, but they've got him fourteen. Got to be the rest of the year. And then uh, Kamara is the ride or die. So let's go into the second RB1. We've got uh, Devin Singletary, Jordan Howard, and Marlon Mack. Yeah, and for me, this one's actually pretty easy. Uh, Jordan Howard is going to be my buy low against all odds because he, again, he will be the least expensive to acquire. And he has had just a shockingly relevant season that I think actually is more or less going to continue because his role is kind of a nice even split with Sanders at this point. I think Sanders will get a little bit more involved. Howard's not really going to catch passes, but they really lean on him to run the ball and especially run the ball in the red zone. Uh, Singletary is going to be my, uh, is actually my ride or die. And uh, it's because I think he's just going to get more and more involved as time goes on, but he's never necessarily going to have the whole thing this year. But it's mostly because Marlon Mack, my other option, is actually uh, one of my sell-high candidates, just given what they've done, where their schedule is going, and his uh, kind of injury history in and of itself. I'm not enthused by his rest-of-season schedule, and given that he's been beat up and he's he's been splitting time more and more, it feels like, with uh, with uh, the other two running backs in Indy. So that's, that's, my, that's my approach to that. He will get you the most capital... Mm-hmm back is my greater point there too the name marlon mack will go for more than either of the other two and howard will right. be the least expensive to acquire yep. so actually as they are right now uh in terms of uh points per game which again this is all based off of mac is 23 singletary 24 howard 25 yep right and there. it's interesting because it's kind of the reverse for howard and singletary right like for howard he's the vet Who's got you know Miles Sanders breathing down his neck? Yeah, he's and playing Singletary for his, his is the rookie breathing down Frank Gore's <laughs> neck. So yep. it's 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 kind of the reverse of it. Um, you are correct that Marlon Mack is probably the name that is going to give you the most value. That being said, I'm going to agree with consensus here. Um, they're they're right on with me. Marlon Mack is actually going to be my buy low oh, if I can get him at his value, which is 23. Um, because rest oh, sure. of season, he's got, uh, yes, as you mentioned, a real difficult schedule. And he's had a fairly easy schedule to this point. However, I do think he still ends up in the mid-teens and in PPR. He gets the pass catches. Whereas to this point, Jordan Howard, he's going to be my sell high because I feel like as the season goes on, they are going to get Sanders more and more involved. Howard has looked good when given the opportunity, but if they start taking some of those opportunities away, then I don't think he's going to be able to get any higher than he currently is, which is RB25. So I think this is going to be his peak value. This would be the time to unload him. And then Devin Singletary is my ride or die just because we don't know what it is yet. You know, yeah, like we, we knew at some point he would take over the starter job and we thought that that was going to be the passing of the the baton the torch was moving on to Devin Singletary this last week and then all of a sudden Frank Gore is still getting in there and getting goal line carries and just messing everything up still so I uh, look I mean it, they have a horrible rest of season schedule and an extremely difficult playoff schedule but at the same time if he's a talented enough back it's it not going to matter yeah, and that's and my question is more not around his talent; it's more around just him being beat up. So we at least agree on Singletary with that one. Yeah, so I think we just kind of flipped it there in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so let's go with the third one: Derek Henry, Le'Veon Bell, Tevin Coleman. See, this is a really interesting one um, because of Bell's injuries and just his frustrating, frustrating usage. Uh, so. I have to imagine the consensus is going to be you want to acquire Le'Veon Bell. I mean, but I could literally be, I mean, any website you read, yeah, it's like, buy low Le'Veon yeah, Bell. Buy yeah. low on Le'Veon Bell because better days are ahead. So it's it's a really interesting one. And I think the consensus probably would say you want to either get out of Coleman or Henry at that point. So now, I mean, this is a really good one just because they're all right next to each other. 
And I think if all things being equal, if Bell was fully healthy, I get why it would be almost paint by numbers. It's just, you know, you go with, you go with him because he has the best opportunity. He's not sharing with anybody realistically. And, but I'm genuinely concerned about his availability at this point and just what in general is going on with how in a, unable to run the ball they are. It's like you can take advantage. You got you to be able to play to take advantage of a really good schedule. So I'm going to I, I am I am going to I'm going to bucket a little bit here. And I'm actually going to be buying low on Derrick Henry because I'm tired of being wrong again. This Sorry. Sorry, Derek. No, you're gonna do it. You're gonna um, block me in my gonna, own take. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh. I'm gonna be. I'm tired of being wrong, so I'm gonna go ahead and just pick up Derek Henry. I'm gonna divest from Bell because I'm freaked out by the injuries and the eights that he keeps getting in PPR, and I'm just gonna try and unload that on the name. And I'm gonna ride or die with Coleman, especially because Breed is down again, and we don't know. I mean, who knows? They're like I can't believe that's what we're doing. You, you no, playing doing my side of it. Well, we're gonna agree again uh, because no. that was my whole take. Uh, so yes, Le'Veon Bell, the entire industry is telling you to buy low on Le'Veon it's, Bell. And I'm point, telling you, here you go. Website. It's every website. Here <laughs> you go. Yep. You can have him. He's all yep. yours. Uh, rest of season schedule is RB 11 and, uh, for the playoffs specifically 21. So it's not like it's the world's best schedule and Given the schedule he's already played, he, he hasn't done much with it. And now he's dealing with injuries. At some point, you have to think maybe they shut him down. We are getting to that point. what are they playing for? So I am absolutely selling Le'Veon Bell on the name Le'Veon Bell and the idea that people are out there actively looking to buy low on him. Have him. Here you go. Derrick Henry, <laughs> the human bulldozer. Every Sunday. Again, as I brought up in the uh, Strength of Schedule report today, since Ryan Tannehill took over the offense halfway through week six, Derrick Henry in PPR scoring, RB4. He is crushing it right now. Well, going back he to the preseason. destroying people. Like going back to last week and the preseason, we talked about that. That if they could get competent quarterback play, which we didn't think they would get out of Mariota, that this would actually start to work. And lo and behold, you right. put Ryan and it's what we talked about. there. The fact that they put eight men in the box and they're stopping Derrick Henry and saying, beat us with Marcus Mariota. Yeah, you can't and, do it. And, and they couldn't do it. So then they bench Mariota and they put in Tannehill and they said, all right, beat us with Tannehill. And he's beating teams. So yeah, they're like, so all right, suddenly, well, now we got to okay. give Henry space. And two yards is space for him because yep. he will just plow right through you. Once he gets up so, to speed, which takes two absolutely, steps, I'm with it's you. a battering ram. And it just doesn't matter anymore. And I'm tired of being wrong. I, I, I was all about this last year, and it was working out great right at the end. And then they went away from it, and he went down. And now he's just crushing, to your point. He has just been on this tear. Consensus is silly you to sell Derrick Henry, which yeah. I think, again, yeah, a mistake. Okay. Good luck. Uh, he's at 10 right now. They've got him rest of season 13. So it's not like they're super low on him, but they yeah, think he's going to get worse. And I think it's only going to get better. Yeah, I think he's going to uh, go Of course, up. buy low, Bell. And we all agree, Tevin Coleman, the ride or die in that scenario. Yeah, you just got to ride it out. Uh, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, or Miles Sanders? <laughs> well, this is, a, this is a fun one. Miles Sanders is my buy low because I, to your, we talked about it a second ago. I do believe, I even said it myself, that he gets more. Plus, he, he is so athletic, especially when he's catching the ball, that I can't ignore it. So injuries, warts and all, I'll, I'll take my chances on buying low on Sanders. Uh, Kenyon Drake is my sell high. I will take whatever I can get, frankly. Thank you. That sounds great. Bad schedule, bad situation, not interested. And Joe Mixon is my ride or die. If I've made it to this point with Joe Mixon, to where he's finally actually started to look usable again the last two weeks, I just I'm riding it out. I don't know if I could ever get what I put into yeah. it, so I'm just gonna go right. down. I'm going down. With we're 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 similar here. Uh, I'm going by low. Joe Mixon again over the last two games they've played, he's averaging 18.1 points per game on a points per game basis. That would make him RB. What are they gonna do? Throw it rest of season. And you know we even talked about the fact that it was a complete and total blowout to the Ravens this past week, and he had a career high thirty yeah, carries. Still running the ball. Didn't They're matter. still running with him like crazy. So he absolutely is going to get the volume. He's back. Take that, nerd. Take that. <laughs> we'll talk about uh, that on so, Friday, I'm sure. Yeah, Mixon is uh, getting the mix. He's my buy low. Uh, 
ride or die is going to be Miles Sanders. Again, similar to Devin Singletary. Got to see what it is. You know, ride it out. At this point, I'm not going to sell it and give up on it because he could be a premier back. I'm also not going to sell it whatever his current value is and, you know, take too low. So I I feel like you just got to ride it out and then uh, sell high. Absolutely, Kenyon Drake. We've talked about that terrible (laughs) schedule. The fact that there's so many mouths to feed. And again, on my report today, I talked about the fact that with Kenyon Drake and David Johnson, they actually said they benched David Johnson in the second half of that game last week to quote-unquote keep rolling Kenyon Drake, and he had a 10. So I don't know (laughs) what that means. Like, Uh, You can't say it's a hot hand by committee if the hot hand is ice cold. I I don't Uh, know what that means. So look, when I, you I look like Cliff Kingsbury, Steve, you can say whatever you want. Okay. True story. Absolutely. Just smile true story. at the camera, baby. Looking good. If I all had right, that let's get hairline, some wide receivers I would just in say here. all sorts of nonsense. Oh yeah. By the way, consensus uh, is also buy low on Joe Mixon, sell high on Miles Sanders. Believe it or not, they feel like okay. that's going to get worse. And then Kenyon Drake is the ride or die. Disagree. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wide receivers. DJ Chark. Do 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 do. Julian Edelman and Keenan Allen. Okay, well, I'm just going back to the well on Edelman because it's my buy low. Uh, Dunk like, again. If you could somehow get Edelman on your ride, I'm doing that right now. That's absolutely happening. Keenan Allen is my sell high. How could you trust the ch- at this point when Philip Rivers is overthrowing Keenan Allen by three yards? I don't know what's going on with that. That is just that that just raises all sorts of alarms. Frankly, the Chargers I feel like that I want are Melvin Gordon and Hunter Henry at this point. And uh, DJ Chark, his full legal name, is uh, is my ride or die because they're changing quarterbacks. So we're going to see point, this uh, basically similarly. I mean, it's uh, we're both selling Keenan Allen while the consensus is buy low, much mm-hmm. like Le'Veon Bell. So again, here you go. You can have it. Um, after those, like, what, two or three games at the beginning of the year – uh, when he absolutely blew up, Keenan Allen hasn't had more than like a. Yeah, I feel 10 like I'm trading Keenan Allen on the hit, name. Hit double digits once, maybe. So yeah. I'll absolutely sell Keenan Allen for whatever you want. Um, I'm going to ride or die with uh, Edelman, which agrees with consensus. And then I'm buying low on Chark. A lot of people are scared off because DJ Chark, his points have basically come from two games, week one and week five. That said, Gardner Minshew has played terribly. The last couple of weeks before their <laughs> yeah. buy, and as yeah. you alluded to, Nick Foles is back this week. So Foles is back. We talked about the fact earlier that uh, in terms of wide receiver, they have the number five rest of season schedule now. Um, so you know it, it got a little bit tougher from number one where it was, but <laughs> DJ Chark is still the number one target on that offense. Say what you want about DD Westbrook. I still buy into DJ Chark. If people are scared or panicked or they want to get rid of DJ Chark at his back end, wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three current value, I'm absolutely buying in on that because for the playoff stretch, he can be a league winner this year. Faux show. Yeah. All right, Neil, let's get into some young wide receivers here. The youth movement, (laughs) Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, Michael Gallup. Oh, see, this is, see, uh, this is such a good one. So Cortland Sutton is, we go back to my preseason rankings. He is, he is going to be, uh, my buy low, uh, in this case, quarterback change. Couldn't even kill it. Brandon Allen still driving it into his chest. Like he's just such a freak athlete that it seems like he's kind of coming into his own. So if I can, if I can, if I can, if I can, I'm not, again, it's the hill that I'll die on. I'll die on that hill, Steve. Uh, and then Michael Gallup is actually my sell high. And I know, I know I recommended Dak and I do recommend Dak. But it's too inconsistent for my liking. Uh, they don't have that many great wide receiver matchups going down the stretch. And you could spin that uh, to, to mean, you know, less, you know, more coverage for Mari Cooper, less for him. But it's just not super consistent. His, his usage in the offense is a little weird. He's kind of touchdown dependent at this point. And uh, and so ride or die for me is going to end up being DJ Moore. Uh, he's been coming on recently, so I kind of want to see where that goes. I was very high on him in the preseason as well, and I kind of just want to see where that ends up. So that's that's the way that I approach that. 
And also, I will mention, if none of those three guys were available, a guy who's right there in the mix that I would be interested in, Golden Tate. They are going to Golden Tate at an unbelievable rate. So if somebody is willing to trade me Golden Tate at his current value with the not factoring in that he didn't play four games, you know, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. that. That's somebody who I would absolutely have right in that mix again. Uh, for me, I am going to ride or die with um, Cortland Sutton. Uh, I'm going to buy low on Michael Gallup because, again, it, the, like they have a tough schedule. Uh, for the back half. However, uh, given his current value, I feel like if people are, are are unaware of Michael Gallup and what he's been able to do, I am going to uh, I, I'm going to try to get in on that. See if I can get Michael Gallup at, at kind of a, a discount, and then I'm selling high on DJ Moore, coming off his best two games of the season. He's currently wide receiver 17, and uh, rest of the season they have the third hardest schedule. For wide receivers, they've had the fourth easiest <laughs> to this point. Yeah. So he has had unbelievable matchups all season long, and it's gotten him to wide receiver 17. He's got the third hardest schedule rest of the way. Also, the fact that it's kind of muddled. Yes, he's wide receiver 17. Yes, Curtis Samuel is wide receiver 37 right now, I believe. Uh, but Curtis Samuel's getting just as many targets. He's getting more air yardage. I feel like the two of them are going to kind of get closer together. And when it's all said and done, they're both going to finish right around 30. And, and I don't want any part of either one of it. So if I can get out on DJ Moore, I would absolutely do it. Interesting. All right. And uh, Consensus, by the way, agrees with you uh, to to an extent. They're selling Gallup, ride or die Sutton, and buying on DJ Moore. Yeah. People okay. love them some DJ Moore. They do. Well, it's because they watch I've DJ I've seen Moore. him as high as top 10. Uh, yeah, that's that's way Which high. Is lunacy me. to me. I but... had him I had him in the 20s, so he's outkicked my projection, the type of neighborhood. So he, But I think he'll end up right around where I am. So that's kind of my point. A- anyway. Uh, Ellen Robinson, John Brown, and... I haven't got Hollywood. to use it in a while. Hollywood Brown. <laughs> Uh, see, this is a, this is a, this is a really, a really tough one because Allen Robinson has been so good, but the bears have been just so kind of just all over the place. So given that I'm going to take kind of a leap of faith here, I'm actually going to be divesting from Allen Robinson just because I, I don't trust the bears offense at this point. He's had some good games. He's had some bad games. It's, it's been looking good. He's had the usage, but I just, it's so hard to trust at this point that I don't feel good about it. And if I could, it, I, he would be the one that I feel like I could get the most out of. So that's the way that I would approach that. Uh, uh, John Brown is actually going to be my ride or die because I feel like he's outkicked his coverage for what he was projected and where he was being drafted at this point that he's, I don't see how it's, it's going to fall off a cliff from where it already is. He's basically gets just over double digits every week, but from where he was being projected, He's going to be like a realistic flex for most people every week, and he wasn't even being drafted in that range, hardly. So I feel like that's going to continue. He's not really competing with anyone in a meaningful way like for targets for what he does. And then Hollywood is my buy low just because it's so dynamic. It's such a – and it's been so frustrating to own that now that he's finally back and healthy with on an offense that's that dynamic, I feel like he would be the easiest one for me to acquire. And uh, that's – that's who I want. I also would go youth there if I was looking to. What's hilarious to about this whole exercise is the fact that for the most part, for the what we've done here, is that you, me, and consensus all seem to agree on the ride or die part. Yeah. The guy that we're kind of in the middle on. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, it's yeah. always the sell um, and the buy that we're flipping on. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I agree. With, I agree with you. Um, Hollywood Brown absolutely buying low. Uh, Baltimore is the number one scoring offense in the NFL, and they have the fourth easiest playoff schedule for wide receivers. He's the number one receiver on that team by a country mile. So Hollywood Brown, I absolutely am buying low if I can get him. John Brown, the ride or die for everything that you said. And then Allen Robinson, in addition to the Bears offense, just looking flat out ugly, not getting to play, you know, the Lions every single week. Uh, (laughs) They have the second hardest wide receiver schedule through the fantasy playoffs. So 
if I can get out of Allen Robinson based on what he's done to this point, yeah, exactly. I would absolutely sell him. I'm, and then again, he's actually the buy low for consensus, and Hollywood is the sell high. Yeah, no thank you on that. I'm doing that for sure, doing that in reverse. And then the last one we've got here, Alshon Jeffrey, Jarvis Landry, Robert Woods. Well, Alshon Jeffrey uh, would be the one I'd like to divest from, just because as a show, we're notoriously low on Alshon <laughs> Also, also, hurt again. Stop me when it's not. It's just it's Alshon. Like, yep. I, you know what it is. And at this point, I'd like to just move on from that if I could. Uh, Jarvis Landry is my buy low with the struggles noted of Odell Beckham and the just massive amount of coverage that teams are putting on Odell. Landry's just running around some of these games, just open. And people haven't, the rankings haven't caught up to this yet, but look at his last handful of games and look at what they have to, it's not a great schedule coming up, but I think that works into Landry's benefit because they're going to be focusing on stopping Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And they're going to focus on stopping Odell because you don't want to get killed by that. And Landry's just going to be running around out of the slot, just five yards open, 17 yard touchdown when he breaks one. So I'm I'm picking that up on the cheap if I can at this point, uh, anywhere I can. And Robert Woods is going to be my ride or die because it's the most frustrating thing in the universe. You're never going to get the value back on it that that you put into it when you drafted it there. And I just got to believe that at some point the collapse of Gerald Everett's going to happen or Brandon Cooks is going to get ruled out for the year. And Robert Woods will get a few more of those 16s in PPR that he got for you last week than he will the expletive deleted numbers uh, that he was putting up before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, consensus shock uh their ride or die is alshon they're selling jarvis landry based on what he's done recently and they're buying low on robert woods um i'm going to be closer to you uh but again i am with consensus in the idea that i'm buying low on robert woods okay because to this point right now he's wide receiver 36 and i still believe he finishes closer to where i had him as a back-end teens, high-end 20s wide receiver than his current 36 total. And for me to be right on that, I mean, he would just have to finish somewhere around like 25 or 26. And I absolutely think that can happen. So Brandon Cooks is out an extended period of time. People are putting as many guys as they possibly can on Cooper Cup. Gerald Everett has stone hands. Somebody has to catch the ball in that offense. And Josh and Reynolds why is kind of Robert Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Reynolds either has four touchdowns or he has a. Exactly. And again, like a lot of these that we've talked about, they have a difficult schedule. They all have difficult schedules, um, which is why these are all kind of interesting. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, for many a reason, I, I want to sell Alshon Jeffrey for whatever I can get out of it. They have the third most difficult schedule rest of season. He can't stay healthy. There's no number two option to take pressure off of him, so he's always got the number one corner. When he is out there, he looks terrible. He's Jarvis also Landry's hurt my even ride when he's or healthy. Die. He's hurt when he's and healthy. You know what I mean? The like, reason that Jarvis is my ride or die and not the buy low, currently he's 31. I feel like that's probably about where he finishes. And the fact that He's had a few good weeks in a row now, so it's possible that the price tag might be a little bit higher than that 31 where he's actually at. People saying, look what he's done. He's got a shot to be good the rest of the way. I agree with all that. They have a top 10 schedule throughout the playoffs. They have a top five schedule rest of season. So if I can get in on Jarvis Landry, I'd absolutely do it. However, that said, I don't want to pay the huge price tag for it because it's been inconsistent. I'd rather just ride with it if I've got it. Uh, and not have to overpay to acquire it. That's fair. I certainly wouldn't overpay. <laughs> I'd be trying right. to acquire Jarvis Landry with to what to the number as we always say that he has put up now, not not some future theoretical number that I think he might hit. Which is which is why I'm interested, but it hasn't happened. So, you know, I'm not paying you for stuff that hasn't happened yet. So, wouldn't do that, but fair enough. And I'd say just as three very quick hitters, uh Guys that have just incredible favorable schedules and have been kind of coming on. One we mentioned, Curtis Samuel, uh, has just been quietly creeping up to DJ Moore, as Steve pointed out. So if you are wide receiver desperate, bad schedule, but uh, might be worth uh, inquiring about if somebody has kind of been frustrated with it, because I know he's been on and off the injury all year. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, especially if you could get him at his current value and people aren't trying to just give you, you know, that one game. 
But Sanu is somebody that I think if you could get him at a reasonable value would definitely help you throughout the rest of the year. Uh, Cause it's just, if he's going to be playing that role like that with all the targets that he amasses. Uh, yeah. Finally going to see Muhammad Sanu possibly crack a reasonable number <laughs> now that he's on the Patriots. And uh, the, the most interesting one is Jamison Crowder. Cause I still think you could get him for basically a Psalm and no one's paying attention because he's on the Jets. He is quietly amassing quite the recent stretch in fantasy, and I don't see it slowing down given their schedule. The Jets have one of the easiest schedules rest of the season for wide receivers, and it seems like we, we've talked about it several times on the show. We weren't really sure which Jets wide receiver was kind of going to get the benefit of the easy schedule and who was going to be the most involved. I think we're starting to learn. I think it's Jamison Crowder. So if I could get Jamison Crowder from somebody who's not super you know, into it, uh, I would be interested in that to play him at flex moving forward, basically. Yeah, it gets a little tougher in the playoffs, but uh, rest of season as a whole, the second easiest to your yeah, point. Yeah, playoffs a little bit tougher, so, so I don't know if you want to play. But again, it's Jameson Crowder. It's not like you're 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 right. going to be mortgaging your house to do this deal. So that's, that's what I'm saying. It's a nice little add to play, and then when you get to the playoffs, it's like, all right, I can't play. But still, help me get there. Yep, absolutely agree with that one, so... All right. Well, thank you, Neil. I appreciated that. That was a good game. Good game. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so we'll be back on Friday with another edition of uh, Trust or Bust for the Important Nonsense podcast. And until then, just keep up the nonsense. Catch you Friday. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Benjamin Banger, Tritachion, and Admiral Bob. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with all the latest content on ImportantNonsense.com.